Hi, my name's Dean. I'm the editor of the magazine Sega Powered, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge podcast. I'm KC, and I'm delighted to be back after a short break last week. Having a show that's dependent on getting guests and friends over is not easy, and sometimes there are scheduling issues that affect my ability of doing this every week. However, thankfully, we are back at it this week, and with a brilliant guest to boot. If you're a fan of what we do here, let me take this time to ask you to spread the word about the podcast, and if you're new here, please consider following us on your podcast app of choice, and check out our back catalogue of awesome Sega conversations. You can do that also at thesegalounge.com. Before we get to the meat of the episode, though, I'd like to thank each and every one of you who took part in our Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania giveaway. Courtesy of Sega, we were giving away two codes for the deluxe digital edition of the game and the Hello Kitty DLC on Steam. The winners were Tyler Golden from El Paso, Texas, USA, and Gabriel Santos from São Paulo, Brazil. Congratulations to them both, and they've received their codes already, so I hope they are enjoying all the crazy monkey business that Banana Mania offers. For everyone else who didn't win, consider getting the game anyway since it's a lot of fun. And keep your eyes and ears on the Sega Lounge, as we'll have more prizes to be won soon. Again, thank you very much to Sega of America and the amazing Danny Russell for providing us with the codes. And now, shall we get on with the show and talk about this week's guest? This week's guest is Dean Mortlock. Most of our UK listeners will probably recognize him as being the editor of Sega Power magazine for several years back in the 1990s and its follow-up mag Saturn Power. Dean is the editor of upcoming Sega magazine Sega Powered, the first issue of which you can currently help fund through Kickstarter. Enjoy my chat with this very experienced game journalist and find out more about what it was like to cover Sega back in the day and what made him and his team decide to create a new magazine in 2021. Hello Dean, welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hi, thank, thank you for having me. Oh, a pleasure. How are you today? I'm really good. Yeah, I'm really, really good. Um, getting started on the mag now, the first issues. So uh, lots to do, but yeah, really positive and really looking forward to getting stuck in. Okay. I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me, wasting some time. And so apologies to the readers of Sega Powered. If, if there's something wrong with the first issue, it's because of this hour, hour and something that Dean uh, took to, to talk to me. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it won't make any difference at all. <laughs> okay, so Dean, um, obviously you're here to talk about Sega Powered. We'll we'll 
talk about that at length, I'm sure. But let's go back uh, to the very beginning. I always like to get to know my guests a little bit more. Okay. Um, and how did you get not only, and we'll, we'll talk about your previous experiences with magazines and uh, video game journalism, but how did you get into video games? Like, what were your first experiences with, with games? And Well, I'm, I'm so old um, that my first real gaming passion was Space Invaders. Um, I was about 10, 11. I was on holiday in Norfolk. And they had a clubhouse there on a campsite with a, a version of Space Invaders, a cabinet of Space Invaders. And I'd never heard of or seen anything like it before. And I kind of spent most of my holiday locked into this this this, this um, club room playing Space Invaders. And it kind of sprung from then, really. It was as kind of it evolved into my friend of mine had the Atari and we played Space Invaders on there. And then I got one and that was it. And then it was obviously the Spectrum a couple of years later. Um, and that's kind of where it started. Really. It was always, um, I always loved the fact that uh, there was such a wide selection of games out there. And if you wanted to play a game that wasn't out there, you could just kind of make one yourself. Um, so I did a bit of pro nothing fancy, but I used to do a bit of basic programming. Um, I used to make my own games and things like that. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of where my love sort of started, and it's kind of never really dwindled, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. So, did you do you think you would ever um, do something professionally with uh, video games? Was that the goal at the time, or no? Absolutely not. No, I. I always wanted to be involved in writing or journalism. That was always a passion of mine when I was, since I was younger. But never, I never really thought that would ever be an opportunity that would arise. It was literally a case of going to a job centre in, in Wiltshire and seeing a job saying staff writer wanted for a video games magazine. And I just thought, well, that's, that's, clearly, that's clearly my dream job. And, and <laughs> fort fortunately, I got it. So, yeah, it was. Excellent. When was that? Uh, not in... in uh, Year in a year wise, time wise, but a console or video game wise, what what generation was that? That was uh, that was well, that was kind of it was the Mega Drive had been released by then, so it's ninety two, mm -hmm. um, and it was early ninety two though. Um, so obviously Sonic was out and everything else like that, but it was basically working for a company producing a magazine. I'm working on a magazine called Console XS, which was a, a, a tips magazine, multi format. For a company called Paragon, which eventually became Highbury and, and various other things. Um, so I started working on that. And so that would, yeah, so the, the SNES hadn't even launched in the UK then. I think it was, we were still using an import one. Um, so I stayed there for about four months and then uh, I got the job offer at Sega Power, at Future Publishing. Um, and I jumped over to there in probably July 92. And I stayed there for six years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when you uh, first applied to your first job uh, over at that, that was it a computer access? A console access. Console access. Okay. It, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, w what were your experiences with the current uh, current gen consoles at the time? So, did you own a, a Mega Drive? Did you? No. No. I. I, I was. Um, I played one. I had friends that had them, but I was. I had an Amiga, so I was very much into the Amiga. Um, and it just so happened that the game I had to say let me made me do a review, a test review for the job application, and it happened that the game I was reviewing was James Pond Two, which I'd had on the Amiga. So it just so happened I'd already played it, um, which is quite handy. But yeah, I, I kind <laughs> of um, 
I kind of I kind of knew even then, even though I had the Amiga, I knew that the consoles were clearly going to be the future. You could just it just that whole plug and play thing. It was really simple. The games were astonishingly good. I thought, well, that's obviously the future. So I was I was kind of working up to it, but I thought, well, if I get a job on a magazine doing video games on consoles, then that's that's even better. <laughs> exactly. Very good. So, did you uh, were you able to use all your knowledge uh, during that brief period while at the other the other company, the first company? Were you able to use your knowledge of games that you owned apart from James Bond too? Um, well, just experience really, because it was um, Console Access was a tips magazine. So basically, mm -hmm. it was the first UK tips magazine i believe and what they used to do these kind of screenshot maps so they do whole levels on, on a spread magazine spread and you could kind of guide your way through it and it was really well done it was really cool so it's nothing quite like it so we, we spent a lot of time taking screenshots and then moving and then taking another one and then taking another one and then piecing them all together in these <laughs> computers that kept crashing and stuff but it, it was really good fun it was really it was a really nice company to work for um but it was kind of obviously i've been playing games then for 12, 13 years, a lot. So I had, I kind of, you know, I knew a good game from a band game and I, I kind of had the experience. So I, mm -hmm. I guess that, that certainly helped um, okay. with the job. When you said taking screenshots, what yes. you actually meant was taking pictures, actual pictures, right? With like a camera? No. Or were there other methods of doing that? No, I, I can't remember what the software is called. I mean, it, it was really early days of... Um, of that sort of having a computer that was powerful enough to do that, but you could literally connect the console up to the, the computer and then grab, and then the screen would play on a, on a window on, and you could literally do a screen grab through the computer. Um, okay. And then when I moved to future, we had a similar system, the game gear, we still had to do the old, uh, we didn't have a system sorted for that at that point. So we'd have to kind of literally get in a kind of black curtain underneath and take it, uh, the screenshot with the camera on a, on, a, on the game gear. Um, which, which was connected up to a TV, so yeah. But it was, um, but no. Luckily, we were kind of a bit more advanced in those days. Yeah, but peak of technological advance at the oh, time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people, people usually complain about everything, right? So people complain back then about what we had, and people complain today. So yeah. exactly, without knowing what there was before or what there wasn't mm. at the time. Yeah, that's it. So you mentioned Sega Power, which yeah. is probably what you're uh, better known uh, around the Sega community for. So yeah. you, you actually started, you, you were editor of Sega Power for uh, some time, but bef before that you started as a writer. Is that true? Yeah, just a staff writer. Yeah. Just, you know, started mm -hmm. at the bottom doing the tips guys and, the, you know, answering the, the mail and all that kind of thing. And um, slowly over time, I kind of worked my way up. Um, and different editors came and went and eventually i was kind of a, a, an experience level where i kind of i said well i'll, I'll do it <laughs> you know <laughs> and that was probably three years maybe but you know i can't i just enjoyed it i, I like the i like the format i like the software um and it just felt you know i was quite happy to stay on it and so i stayed on it right until the, the, the very end until it closed okay okay yeah so uh, i'm i'm from portugal so I'm not from the UK. Uh, we have probably half of our listeners hailing from the US. So for those, I, I actually know what it what it is. I, I was I, I had 
some contact with UK magazines uh, in 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 you know in the past. But for people not in the know, not uh, you know familiar with Sega Power, mm. how would you describe uh, that magazine and what it meant for people in the UK, for gamers in the UK back in the day in the nineties? Well, it, it started off uh, as a title called S the Sega Mag, and it was the first actual uh, standalone Sega title. Um, and obviously, this was the Master System days then. Um, so it kind of had the heritage. I mean, there was other, other obviously, as the machines grew more popular, there was, there was a, a flood of new titles. Some of them were great. Some of them weren't so, obviously so good. Um, but we kind of bumbled a lot. It was, it was, it was very friendly. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We didn't take everything too seriously, obviously, because obviously our target audience at that age were, at that time, sorry, were about eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. They were, they were kind of young. So we kind of, and we were only, you know, only some of us were 19, 20, 21 as well. So you kind of, you adjust the editorial accordingly. So it was, it was a lot of fun to do. And we used to have some, some real laughs with the different reviews and features. So it, it was just a kind of fun game, but we had a uh, fun magazine, but we had that kind of, because we were the first, I guess we were. We had that heritage, and we were—I wouldn't say we were the best-selling Sega Mag throughout its life, but we were, we were in the top two or three, always, probably top two, I would say. Us and mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, it was. Um, it was good. It was good fun. It was, it was a nice mag. It was the magazine to buy if you're a Sega fan, basically. That's yeah, what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. If, yes, exactly. No one knows the best. No one knows. All the others <laughs> no. are rubbish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what was your uh, relationship with with Sega? So you guys uh, at Sega Power, what were what kind of relationship did you have with with Sega? Um, we had a good one. We had a really good one. Um, their not their marketing department was very good. It's very strong. They had, they had good people running it. So we would go up um, every month. I would imagine would go up because there was there was obviously in those days there was a lot of software and there was a, a lot of Sega stuff coming through. So we'd go up and they'll show us the stuff and we'll, you know, we got to know the, the, the marketing department really well. And they, they were very good to work with. They, and, and to be fair, I think they always have been and they still are. They're, always, they're very approachable. Things get done very easily. Um, I hear time and time again that they're, they're still a great company to work with because they're just, they're just very open and they're very open to ideas. And I think they've always had that attitude. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, we always had a really good relationship with them. Um, we weren't based in London. We were based in Somerset in Bath, which which obviously meant it was slightly harder um, to, be, to spend a lot of time there. But we, we we would go up every you know at least every month. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Did they have any say in in the content that you produced? And were there was there any vetting process? No. Or were you, were you totally independent? Totally independent. Um, yeah. I mean, that's something that. Sometimes people worry about with magazines where they always completely independent. Um, I worked for a company, it was a large company, Future Publishing, we had a lot of magazines. I never heard of anybody ever kind of being asked to change review scores or told what to put in, what not to put in. I mean, it's different with an official title because obviously they have a lot more editorial control in the sense of what goes in, not the scores on him, but the content. But we mm -hmm. would, we would, I mean, we'd go and see Sega and say, okay, well, this is our release schedule. This month we've got this, this, and this. You can do a preview on that if you want, and this and that. You can do reviews of these, these, and we go, yep. Yeah. Would would obviously take us, you know, as much as they could give us, and then we'll obviously discuss exclusives with them and other companies and covers. We always talked about and we'll give covers to certain games for exclusives, um, but we would never, 
uh, we never say, oh, well, if you give us the exclusive, we'll give you this score. It was always a case of, okay. no, no, it's, it's like you give us the exclusive, then the review is ours. We never, sometimes they'll say, oh, can we have a look at the review before it goes to press? And we'll always say, no, 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 once it's done, it's, you can see it when it comes out with everyone else. Okay, okay, that's great. Because my experience with uh, Portuguese video game acts, so I, 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 in Portugal, most people growing up in the late 80s, early 90s were Sega fans. Because uh, Nintendo was really uh, almost not existent here uh, to a point. But we had Sega was big here. There was Sega Portugal. And we had the official uh, Sega magazine, which was uh, Megaforce, which was truly an official magazine, uh, Sega Mag. So uh, I always wondered how much... Uh, influence Sega had on on its content, on the scores, and what was you know even the timing of of things being revealed, being talked about. If there was some some marketing decision behind it as well, so yeah, but it's no, it's, it's it, interesting. It was always good. I mean, we we used to get a lot of because um, obviously the the foreign press used to get stuff before Sega Europe in some cases. So we would get the sort of Japanese magazines, the Famitsu's, um, mm -hmm. and we'd get the American, but the American ones were quite good. Um, Die Hard Game Fan in particular used to get quite a lot of exclusives. And the Japanese ones, we would get them sent into the office, and then we would, uh, we had uh, people that translated copy for us, because this was obviously before the internet. So we would we would think, oh, that looks good, what is it? And then they'll translate it, and then we'd kind of put it in the mag. And say, we're like, where would you get these screenshots from? It's like, this is, we, haven't, we haven't even got them ourselves yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of um, it was always a little bit of that going on, but you know it's like you know you source it, we can we can do it. So it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so you mentioned um, being at Sega Power until the end, till yes. it, it closed. It then turned into Saturn Power, right? Yeah, yeah. So and and you became the editor of that one as well. Yeah, when the time came, it was um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It it just seemed to make more sense, really. Because obviously the the eight and six to be markets had dried up, so it was pretty much just the Saturn that was that software mm -hmm. was being released for then. So we just thought it was time for a rebrand. So. Yeah. So, so you 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 know went through that whole process of uh, of the Mega Drive, the the add-ons, very successful successful add-ons, uh, <laughs> the Saturn, which was in itself a, a major success as well, <laughs> uh, or maybe not. Actually, it was quite successful. No. In in Portugal, especially for the first couple of years, at least, it was amazing. Yeah. But then, you know, Sega stopped supporting it. So, but in in, in Japan, obviously, as well, the Saturn did extremely mm -hmm. well. I mean, so it was it was you know the major console for a long time. It was it was, and also a lot of the games that were released, sort of two D shoot 'em ups, the two D um, what beat 'em ups, and everything like that. They were they were obviously targeted more for a Japanese market, and they did very well over there. It was always more of a two D machine, right? Two D powerhouse, oh, yeah. actually. Yeah, actually. But the 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 change in focus, uh, you know, the the, the public wanted three D, the market wanted three D, so mm. it was actually a, a bit uh, <laughs> a sad sad way to to see the the console go in in Sega actually uh, not succeed as much as they could. As a person who was, you know, inside the industry in a way. Uh, as a games journalist, um, how did you live those days? How did you guys? What were the like? What was the general feeling uh, 
with, with staff writing for those magazines. How did you feel Sega was approaching the market with, you know, their their add-ons, the Mega CD, the 32X, then the Saturn quickly after, soon after? Do you think, did you guys feel like that was the beginning of the end for you as well, and, and even Sega, or am I being too dramatic now? Um, <laughs> no, you, you, you can kind of see the logic behind uh, producing things. Like well, I suppose you can, because... The, the Mega Drive has such a massive in, installed user base that something like the Mega CD, you know, if there was the, the support through software for it, then it, it could do quite well. I mean, it did, it did okay and it didn't do badly, but it could have done better still. But the problem is, while they're busy developing things like the Mega CD and the 32X, you know, Sony are making the PlayStation. Um, so what I would suggest Sega probably should have done in, on, in hindsight is spend a bit more time looking at the, 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 what Saturn should be and less at what developing things for the, for the Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, I mean, hindsight is wonderful. I mean, the, 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 I mean, we were pretty buoyant. We were all pretty optimistic. Um, we liked the Saturn. We liked the software. We liked the games. There were some really lovely exclusives on the Saturn that no one else had. And obviously, mm -hmm. there was that great Christmas where you had Sega Rally, Virtua Fighter 2, and Virtua Cop. And they were three amazing games and still are. So, you know, you, you, we took a lot. We thought, well, the Saturn is, when it, when it wants to be, when you get the right developers in, in working on it, it's a fantastic machine, but it's not an easy machine to program for. It's not easy to machine to develop games for. I think that's what did, certainly didn't do them any favors. And that's, yeah. So, um, no, I mean, we, we, kind of, we kind of could tell that the PlayStation was overtaking it. And we knew that the, it's our time as a magazine, certainly with the Saturn content, was limited. But, we we didn't quite know exactly when that would be. We just carried on. Mm -hmm. you know. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, since you mentioned the, the the difficulty of programming for the Saturn, I actually um, I have a, an interview coming up with David Warhol of Real Time Associates, the guys behind a bug, and he right. told me that what they did. So the the Saturn had two chips, mm. and what they did with um, with bug was to the first thing that. The, the chip did was to turn off the second chip so they could <laughs> so that could make it easier to concentrate all everything all the processing power and everything on one chip right. so they really didn't really need the second one it was a 2d game although it looked like had a different perspective a 3d perspective but it was a 2d game so it made it easier for them just to shut up, shut down the, the second chip and just do everything on the first one. Wow, that's that's so incredible, I, actually. They, yeah, they didn't, I, th they didn't I think it. that explains a little bit the the difficulties the 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 you know that programmers and developers had with using that architecture as well, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay, so um, a bit of a throwback. Do you remember? what the the last game you worked on for the Saturn was you you reviewed or wrote for was um i think the last thing i remember writing about i think it was probably panzer dragoon saga i think we we okay. the last issue of something power they did had a feature on that um and i remember being quite excited about that and it was oh and, and there's things like the burning rangers um the firefighting game i think it is burning rangers isn't it yeah burning rangers um yeah. Now that that was coming up, unfortunately, that came up after we closed, so we didn't get to actually play it. But that looked quite good. 
So that was, mm-hmm. that was, that was, those were a couple of the, the final things that I remember doing. Um, you just mentioned two of the, you know, the m- m- most you know, uh, appreciated, loved games on the yeah. Saturn as well. So mm. it, it, it shows how many quality titles it had as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, it had some great games. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. games that are still very, very playable now. Yeah, it's, it's, they've stood the test of time really nicely. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So, quick fire round. Oh, God. Favorite <laughs> game on the Mega Drive. Can you give me one? Uh, she, Or even if it's not the best, the one that you think is the best, the one that you, you know, is closest to your heart because of something that you worked on or something. Um, see, I knew you were going to ask me something like that. <laughs> um, it's, it's so hard when, when there are so many. I, I'm, I was always very fond of Landstalker, the RPG. I always really liked that. Um, Son- Sonic, obviously. Um, you can't talk about the Mega Drive back catalogue without talking about things like Sonic. Um, Castle of Illusion, I absolutely loved. Desert Strike, I, I really... Because basically, when I, when I started on Sega Power, they gave me a Mega Drive for the weekend and a whole pile of games just to get up to speed. So I just... I remember playing Desert Strike and thinking, this is great fun. Um, and things like that. I, I got so frustrated with Desert Strike as, as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. No, I, I didn't own it. I had a friend who owned it. Uh, and I, I remember... Uh, whenever I went to his house, I, I tried Desert Strike and failed miserably. So. <laughs> um, and all the all the kind of um, sort of Dave Perry uh, mm-hmm. and the, the, the sort of platform things like Aladdin, Aladdin uh, Earthworm Jim, Earthworm Jim, yeah, um, just just really good fun to play and really nice, really, really good games. Um, EA Hockey, yeah, I must must mention EA Hockey because when I started um, on Sega Power. Um, all the lunchtimes we used to sit around and play things like John Madden and EA Hockey. And they were just so playable, just such beautifully playable games. Um, so we played a lot of that. Gosh, I think that's probably quite a few, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I only asked for one, but you well, gave you me go. a whole catalog. That's amazing. That's great. You don't just so get one. same question for, for the Saturn. What would you say are your, you know, like the defining titles for you uh, on the Saturn? Um, I Sega Rally. I, I loved Sega Rally. Um, it was just such a lovely arcade conversion, and it was just such a great, great game to play. Um, Fighters Megamix, I really liked. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think. I oh God, where, where, where <laughs> Pan, I mean, just all the obvious ones, like Panzer Dragoon. I was never really, I, I did always try with RPGs, but I never seemed to have the patience for them, unfortunately. I never seemed to kind of, I was trying for a bit, but I, I can't, I never seemed to have the time to get really deep into them like some people do, and I kind mm-hmm. of gave up on them. Um, and, and again, I'm going to come off this and I'm going to think, why did I not mention that game? <laughs> you know, and it's, um, but those are the kind of ones that immediately jumped to mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. So on the other end of the spectrum, since we we, we mentioned Sega, mm. it wouldn't be fair to not mention Nintendo, for example. Did you play Nintendo games at the time or were you exclusively oh, yeah. focused on Sega? No, I mean, we, we used to get a lot of the kind of, we used to get a lot of people ringing up saying, what's best, Nintendo or Sega? And it's like, well, you, you get school schoolyard rivalries between the consoles. But at the end of the day, if you're a gamer, You're a gamer and you like games, regardless of the format. And I, I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've got, I've got Nintendo consoles, I've got Xbox consoles, PlayStation consoles, Sega consoles. I've got a lot because there's games on all the systems that I, I like. 
Super Mario Galaxy uh, 2 remains one of my favorite games of all time because it's just, mm-hmm. I think it's as close to platform perfection as you will ever get. The level design and the structure of the game is is, is perfect, I think, or, or very close to it for the time. I mean, obviously that would be superseded, but at that point, I, I couldn't imagine anything being better than that. Has it though? Has it been superseded? I no, I'm not sure. It has I personally actually. don't know. I, I think um, I'm I'm a, a more of a fan of the first one, mm. but I I do understand you know why people would say Galaxy Two, but it maybe has something to do with with nostalgia or something. But I I think it's probably my favorite Mario game of all time. Mm. Not being a, a Mario fan as I grew up, but later on I I picked up on Lost Time and. Um, I think Mario Galaxy, you know, the the two games are the best ones in my mm. opinion. Yeah, I know um, people would argue there are better better games, but you know, yeah. I remember, I remember when Mario sixty four came out, and that that was a really big deal in the offices. Everyone kind of couldn't quite believe that it was a Mario game in three D, and it was, it was just draw dropping. It was beautiful, such a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time, did you think uh, was there a game like you thought? Oh, if if Sega could make something that could rival this, or or the other way around, if if Nintendo got a hold of this thing or did something like this for their console, it would be amazing. Um, Is there like something that you thought would were defining? titles in each platform well yeah i mean obviously back in those in the in the 16 bit days uh nintendo was known for the gameplay sega had the gameplay but it was, it was also it was a very cool system the mega drive was a very cool the system attitude. <laughs> yeah it was yeah definitely i mean sonic was created to be a, a you know in a, in a it, was, it was invented in a ballroom it's a it was a marketing person's creation because they wanted something that would make sega look cool and they they obviously did that incredibly well. Um, I think now when when we kind of, when Sega became a third-party developer and you saw the Sega title start coming out on Nintendo, it, it looked a bit odd seeing you know, Sonic on a, on, a, on a GameCube or whatever, but it, <laughs> you kind of get used to it. I remember with the PlayStation, when the PlayStation came out, you had things like Wipeout and Resident Evil. Um, and those were the game, sort of games that I, I mean, Resident Evil in particular, I was, I was incredibly fond of. I bought a PlayStation to play that, and obviously it did come to the sound eventually. But I remember thinking, those are the sort of games, I want those sort of games. I want to play those kind of really, really gritty um, arcade adventures, and eventually, obviously, we did. But you know, um, those were the sort of games that I remember as wouldn't it be great if they were on the sound? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And they okay. were. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So um, after you left uh, Saturn Powered, so um, and, and the Saturn. Uh, you know, was was no more. There, there was the Dreamcast. So, what did you go on to do uh, after that? Um, professionally, I stayed around the company for a little while doing other different things, and then I left about six months afterwards. And I just took a bit of a break from it all. Really, did a bit of traveling, went to Spain for a little while, um, and then came back and went freelance. I was freelance on and off for a large number of years, um, which was even better, really, because I used to go to the office, pick up the games, come home, play them, and, and get paid for it. It was, it was heaven. <laughs> it was absolutely heaven. I loved it. 
<laughs> okay. Did you work on any Sega games at the time? Yeah, well, um, I worked on there's a magazine called Arcade. I worked on that for a bit. And there was um, obviously DC UK, which was the future Dreamcast title. I, I did a lot of work for them. And Neil, who's the deputy editor of Sega Powered, worked on Dreamcast, uh, DC UK as well. Um, so, yeah. I, I am a big fan of this UK. So it, it oh, cool. actually came here. Uh, I, I picked up a, a few numbers, mm. a few issues of, of DC UK. I was a big fan of, of DC UK. So when I've, I saw that people involved in DC UK were doing Sega Powered, I said, okay, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, Neil, Neil's a great one to have on board, actually, because he, obviously he was on DC UK for a long time, but he also, I mean, he really knows his games. He knows, you know, he's got a real encyclopedic knowledge of, of all the Dreamcast games and the, the, the Japanese shoot-em-ups and Japanese RPGs. I mean, he's, he's, he's the guy for that. So he's mm -hmm. obviously fits in perfectly, really. He's a good member, you know, perfect member of the team. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so let's, since you, you mentioned uh, Neil, it, I think it's it's a good, a good segue into Sega Powered. So we have yeah. this new project, Sega Powered, that people can now and should now back on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, actually, so... At the time that we're talking, if we're recording this, 279 people have done that, and that's amazing, with two weeks to go. Yeah. Um, so how did this idea uh, come to be? How did you guys, uh, whose idea was it, by the way? Who, who is, okay, okay, <laughs> guilty well, over there? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've, I've, known them, I've known all the guys a little while. Um, and I, I had a, a few conversations with Paul Monahan, who's one of the writers, who does the Maximum Power podcast. We'd had a few conversations about um, doing a magazine, um, but it never kind of never got beyond that sort of stage. And then he started working on uh, a magazine in the UK called Amiga Addict, um, which is another independent title that's doing really well. A really great magazine serves the community perfectly. And he was doing some writing, some feature writing for that. And I said, well, you know. Obviously, and there was other titles that were coming through. There's one called Switch Player and Ninty Fresh and other things like that. And obviously, Sega Mania was launched in in, mm -hmm. in the in the summer this year as well. And I kind of thought, you know, wouldn't it be good to launch a new Sega magazine with an edit who and edited by somebody who used to edit a Sega magazine twenty odd years ago? Wouldn't that be? That'd be quite cool. And I'd really love to do that. I'd be really good fun. So it just so happened that there was myself and Paul and Neil. Who was up? Was in, in, was happy to be involved, and the other guy is Mark, um, who is runs uh, Sega Mags in the UK. Mm -hmm. So their mission is to try and gather together every UK Sega magazine that's ever been released. And to be fair, I think they're 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 not a million miles away from that target. I think there's only ten or twelve or something like that. They need to have the complete set. And he's he's incredible. He knows. You say, oh, what game was, was that? What, that sort of Sega Ray. Oh, was that? oh, that was an issue, blah, blah, blah. And, and so-and-so reviewed it. And, <laughs> so, and, you know, he just comes up with it. He, he has encyclopedic knowledge. He's great. So the, the four of us complement each other really well. Myself and Neil have the kind of the history of, of magazine journalism, whereas Paul and Mark um, are ingrained in the community, in the retro community, far more than we are. And, and know a lot of people and know all the groups to be involved with. Um, and so that obviously makes it easier when we, we want to promote the mag and we want to talk about it. They know the people to talk to and the groups to go to to help with that. So it just, it just, it, I just sort of thought, 
it's just a nice fit. The four of us like each other. We get on really well. They're all nice guys, I think. I said, I don't know about me, but the rest of them are lovely. Um, and it, I just thought I could work with these people. We could, and, I, and we could make a nice mag. And we planned it all out. We said, well, what would we do? And sort of sat and looked at it and thought, yeah, this is good. And we, then we sort of, how do you market it? How do you launch it? And we just wanted to do Kickstarter just to get an idea of the kind of uh, the response from, from the community and see what people thought. And, you know, I've got to be honest, everyone's been really, really good about it, really lovely about it. It's been so nice to hear um, people's responses to the, the news of the mag um, and obviously looking forward to seeing the, the first issue. So, so, yeah, that's kind of the whole lot in, 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 a, mm-hmm. in a small potted history. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what's the idea with, with uh, this Kickstarter? So obviously to, to gauge the interest of the public of the community yeah. in a, a new Sega magazine. Is this the, 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 the idea going forward? So when you actually get all the, 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 the issues, uh, issues of, of the Kickstarter out of the door, are you going to do another one? Are you going to move into a different system of, uh, you know, financing the mag? Have you, not planned that far ahead. <laughs> we, we've planned so far ahead, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> we basically we, we're working on a website. Basically, so Kickstarter is you know obviously it's it's there to kickstart a project and kickstart a business. Mm-hmm. Um, once it's up and running and, and you've got uh, some response, um, the whole thing will shift onto the website. So we'll have an um, like like all the other mags do that we'll have an online store uh, website with a shop, so you can go there and you can purchase your mag or your subscriptions through through that so um so kickstarter is literally just a one-off just to get the whole ball rolling a bit um and as, as i said get a, a feel for the uh, interest and, and from the community um so we we had a target of 5200 initially that was our goal and we made that in three days so that was good obviously with kickstarter and things like that, there is a a peak the first few days are always the busiest yeah but it's mm-hmm. been it's to be fair it has been quite steady and we, we've We've, um, you know, every day there's more people coming on board. Um, and then we will be, yeah, so from issue two onwards, um, there'll be the website. Everyone who's um, who's got the first issue, they'll get an email saying, okay, thanks for that. I hope you like the mag. Now head over to segapowered.com and, and and if you want to, if you like the mag and want to carry on buying it, you can get it from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, uh, I, I I imagine doing this uh, at this time with all the the changes in like um, Brexit uh, and the, all the shipping delays as well that because of COVID, etc. Yeah. That's probably a challenge, right? Dealing with all of that. It it is. Um, it is a challenge, and it isn't. Uh, to be honest. Uh, I mean, regardless of what you think about the Brexit, and most people in, in my country, well, certainly people I know, are staggered that it even happened. Um, it, it is what it is, and that's the that's the landscape we have yeah, now. Um, of course. So obviously now nowadays, um, see, this was the problem with, with posting, and initially we didn't offer international subscriptions, and then we had some Europeans contact us and say, well, you know, we want a subscription, we'll, we'll happily pay for it. I said, well, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but obviously the problem is, is is the cost of postage because you not only have the international postage cost, you have the VAT you have to pay. And also we have to pay a intermediary in a, in a EU country uh, a set fee per transaction mm-hmm. in order to deal with that VAT because we can deal. I think 
you can deal with it yourself, but it is extraordinarily complicated if you do try it, it and expensive. So it tends to work out better to get somebody else who's a, an expert in that to deal with it for you. So we kind of totted it up and we, we sat down and we, we, we worked the figures out so that we did the postage for the cheapest we possibly could. And we said, well, this, these are the figures. This is what, you know, this is what it costs. I am sorry because it is a lot, but that's kind of, it is what it is. And unfortunately that's, mm-hmm. that's the figure we have to put on. Otherwise we would be losing money. I mean, we kind of, yeah. we kind of evened it out as well across the board. So some, on some uh, tiers, we lose a little bit on others. We gain a little bit. So it averages out across the, the range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and generally people are lovely. I mean, they kind of go, yeah, that's fine. We understand it's not ideal, but it is what it is. And some people are, um, I've got a couple of people in Germany, for example, who said, I, I, I can't afford the, the subscriptions. What I'm doing is I'm keeping the issues for them and in a bundle, and then I'm sending them over at the end in one big pile. Okay. So that's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, 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 I was asking because, you know, of my experience as well as, as a, mm. a EU um, person, member yeah. <laughs> at this point so so it's 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 a little bit of a a letdown that you you have to pay extra for things that come out come from other countries and especially since we were so used to getting things uh, and especially uh, i think sega fans were very used to getting things sega merch uh yeah pro- many projects came from people uh in the sega uk community as well and mm-hmm. so we were used to getting things easily quickly and it's not like that anymore but we need to understand and adjust accordingly so yeah it's a shame i mean i i could i could bore you for hours talking about why it's a shame and and why we're still waiting to see in the uk what benefits there are to brexit we we haven't seen any yet but i don't want to you know upset anyone who might be pro brexit so We'll we'll save that for the politics lounge next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's a great time to take a quick break, uh, Dean. Okay. And when we come back, uh, I have a surprise for you. Okay. 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 That sounds exciting. <laughs> Does it though? <laughs> okay. <laughs> This week's episode of the Sega Lounge is sponsored by the Sega Lounge. I know, it's the best sponsor. Have you checked out our merch store yet? Just go to thesegalounge.com store and you can find t-shirts, mugs and stickers with our logo and even with everyone's favorite animal with thumbs, the Sega Lounge seal of approval. And until October 31st, you can get 10% off of any purchase you make at our online store by using the promo code TSL7, that's TSL and the number 7, and you can use that at checkout. So head over to thesegalounge.com store and get some juicy Sega Lounge merch today. Or tomorrow. Or, you know, whenever you have some time. And money. Money is important too. Welcome back, Dean. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Thank you. Um, I hope you're you're still, you know, excited. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because it's time for the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. 
It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> Oh dear. <gasps> what is the Sega Lodge Challenge? So it's something I do with my guests every week. Okay. Uh, it, it depends on who the guest is. Mm -hmm. This week, I think it's, it's appropriate that you have such an extensive knowledge of Sega, have such a, you know, an extensive experience with Sega games, that we do what I usually do with my most knowledgeable guests, which is the Ultimate Sega Fan Challenge. Oh, dear. Okay, so this this week with a little twist, though, because there is some mag, uh, you know, trivia involved here as well, which there usually isn't for other guests. Okay. So this uh, this works like this. I, I have ten questions. Some are questions. Some are music clips from games that you need to to guess. You can get up to twenty points. However, it's really hard, so we're going to try to get 10 points, okay? <laughs> Let's see if we can get 10 points. Um, you can pick between uh, easy or hard questions, okay? So, for example, question number one is is this question, so a, a trivia question. You can pick from a, an easy or a hard question. An easy question gets you one point. Yeah. A hard question gets you two. Okay. So, Let's let's just start carefully. Let's go for an easy one. Wise man, wise man. Okay, most people don't. That's <laughs> that's very wise. So, an easy question. Okay, let's go. The cover of Sega Power <laughs> issue fifty-two from March nineteen ninety-four. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back to. March 1994, Sega Power 52 yeah. advertised the definitive review of which Mega Drive game. Okay, Christ. you you have I I have multiple oh, okay. uh, choice here for you if you want to. But if you if you know, I think you know because I'm looking at your face right now and I'm you're just... like I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just scared about what the hard question was. <laughs> um. I, I so go on. What are the, what are the choices? Want to try? Want to try without the options, and then we definitive review. Nineteen ninety four March. Let me think. March. So it's a sequel. March nineteen ninety I'm going to give you the options then. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So option A. Yeah. Streets of Rage three. Option B. Sonic the Hedgehog three. Option C, Echo, The Tides of Time. So they're all sequels. Um, <laughs> and they were all released in 1994. So. Yeah, I, I think it was Streets of Rage 3. Could be, could be. Okay. But I don't know. You don't know? So you, you're going to have to tell me. <laughs> I don't know. So, okay. Streets of Rage 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, or Echo, The Tides of Time? What's your answer? It was Streets of Rage 3. It was Streets of Rage 3. Final answer. Yes. Are you sure? No. <laughs> of course you're not. So, your answer, Dean, is 
unfortunately incorrect. Okay. It was Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yeah. Sonic 3 okay, was the one. Okay, shot for that. <laughs> but okay, this was just the first one. So okay. it's time to move on with, to easier things, or maybe not. We'll see. So it's time for the first uh, clip of music. So this is a just a 10 second long clip yeah. of a Sega song or a song from a Sega game. Uh, and you get one point for game, mm -hmm. one point for telling me where this plays in the game, level, menu, whatever, name, something that you can tell me that shows me that you know what the song is. Okay. Yeah. I think you know all of these, but let's see. So ready for this first one? Yeah. Okay, let's take a listen. I've got a clue. I've not got a clue. <laughs> I, know the, I know you know this game. I, I, I'm, I'm sure I do. I'm sure I do. You, you know this game very well, actually. And uh, my, my, my advice to you is think about what this sounds like, what kind of game this sounds like. First of all, maybe system. Oh, um, a Mega Drive. Okay, that's the start. So what do you think this sounds like? I mean, it would just be a guess, really. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. My first thought was Sonic, but I wasn't, I'm not convinced it's Sonic. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I, I couldn't say with any, any certainty <laughs> without embarrassing myself. Okay, Go so on. you said that you thought it was a, a Mega Drive game? Yes. And the Sonic game? It, yeah, well, right? that, that was the first thing I thought of when I first heard the, the, okay. the start of it. Mm -hmm. Which one? If um, you had to pick. If I had to pick, I'd probably say Sonic 2. Mm -hmm. Which level? <laughs> um, or maybe we can go just for one point. Am, am, I, am, I, am I on the right track? You know, you know, give me uh, I, I can't tell you. It's, it's, it's one that it's a level I haven't played. I, I mean, I played Sonic 2 recently, but it's a level I haven't played recently. Um, so I, um, I, I might just have to stick with one point, I think, on that one. Okay. If, if, assuming it is Sonic 2. So Sonic 2. Okay. A level. Let's go with a level. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So I will give you the, the name of the track or the level first. Yeah. This is Oil Ocean Zone. Oil Ocean Zone. Okay. So it means it is a, a Sonic game. Yeah. Is it Sonic 2, though? That doesn't sound like Sonic 2. It is. One point. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic 2 Oil Ocean Zone. So, yes. Cool. That's, um, that's after Hilltop. Okay. For yeah, yeah. Metropolis. So it's closer to the end of yeah, the game. Which is something I've yeah. seen that end for a while. So you have to forgive me on that. <laughs> okay. Good job, though. Good job. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to questions. Number three. Okay. Hard or easy? Or easy or hard? I'm going to have to go with easy. <laughs> Easy. Okay. Yeah. So let's not go with um, with the, the mag stuff. Okay. Let's go with a general, generic, okay. um, easy question. Yeah. Outrun. Yes. 
Are you familiar with Outrun? Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, I, I, yes. I know. I know it. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. You know of it. Yeah. In Outrun, what brand of cars do you drive? Oh, it's Ferrari. Ferrari. Are Are you asking or telling me? Um. <laughs> I I I'm sorry that people cannot can only listen to the audio because the 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 pain in your in your face yeah, just it, there. I'm pretty sure it's the Testarossa in that run one. In fact, I would probably say I'm not eighty percent, eighty five percent certain it's the Ferrari test. Is it Ferrari? It's a Ferrari Testarossa. Not not eighty percent. Okay, okay. Uh, it is correct. Oh. Yes, it's a Ferrari. Yes, of course. One point. <sighs> good job. I'm on a roll now. I'm doing good. <laughs> and you know, it's part of the game, part of the challenge. To uh, when I, I, you know, when I make you second guess yourself, yeah. it's just part of of the thing. Okay, number four is another song. Okay. Okay. So again, game and um, and track. Okay. I don't have a clue. <laughs> um, um, I don't have the faintest idea. Mm -hmm. um, you got you got to bear in mind here. In my de in my defence, um, there's a lot of games I haven't played for a long, long time. And in your defence, this is not easy because it's just ten seconds of a yeah. you know a longer track that you usually. Listen to, to to the song yeah, yeah. looped over and over again, so it's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, so what what what's let's do the same thing: system and type of game. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds later. Mm -hmm. It sounds a bit later. So we're talking Saturn or Dreamcast, probably Saturn. I would have thought. Um, it does sound good. It sounds great. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I can't. I can't. I'm afraid you have to. You have to. I'm gonna have to pass on that one. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. So, the answer yeah. may surprise you. Go on. It's actually a Mega Drive game. Okay. Okay. And this is the first stage in Comic Zone. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have played Comic Zone, but not for probably about 25 years. So I, I think I can be forgiven for that one. That I, I think we're, we're going to uh, start a, a new feature on Sega Powered. Yeah. Games that I haven't played and uh, were, you know, music that was played to me on the Sega Lounge that I have <laughs> to play the games now. For 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 review or something. Yeah. I think, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a good idea. That's a, I, I like that one. I like okay. that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so question five. Yes. Easy or hard, Dean? Definitely easy. Definitely easy. Yes. Please. Okay. We're going to need some hard questions probably, so we can uh, get some points. But let's go okay. with easy. Okay. Okay. So let's go with this one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Are you familiar with Echo the Dolphin? 
Uh, I'm familiar with it. Again, I haven't played okay. it for a while. Okay, so the question is, <laughs> what name is given to the combination of a Mega Drive, a Mega CD, a 32X, and usually a Sonic & Knuckles cartridge with another Sonic game attached to it? That's not Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, that's, that would be the Tower of Power. Would it, though? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, a, it's a tower and it's powerful. It's, it's affectionately known as Tower of Power. I cannot argue with you there. So yes, one point. Of course, it's a tower and it's powerful. Of course, yeah, makes sense. Okay, you. thank you. Well done, hey. well done. Okay, give me a hard one. Another song now. Oh my god! Unfortunately, unfortunately. Okay, so pay close attention to this one. I know for a fact that you know this. Okay. Okay, let's take a listen. That would be Sega Rally. Uh, desert Stage. I think it's a Desert Stage, I think. Such, such, oh, okay. I, I was going to say such confidence, but then you said, you said I think. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> mm, so final answer. That's my final answer. <laughs> That's it. Don't give in. No. That's it. It is correct. Yes. yes. That's it. It's conditioned reflex. So Desert Stage in Sega Rally Championship. Two points. I would, well done. I would be terrible yeah. on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I would be dreadful. <laughs> I'd be rubbish at it. I'm happy to tell you that you, you've got five points. Okay. Okay, so you're halfway there with four questions left. What's the lowest Please. score you've ever had? I don't know. Maybe I maybe a nine or an eight. I don't know. Oh, blimey. I don't know. But it's people usually get to ten. Oh my god. Mm, okay. I think. Okay. Okay. Let's let's go. I think you're, you're going to get it as well. Okay. Number seven. So easy or hard? Um, I'll just go for a hard one. Hard one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So question for you. Uh, before that question, yeah. another question. Okay. Would you like to have a, a generic Sega question or a, a Sega Mag related question? Let's go for Sega Mag related question. Okay. Okay. Feeling brave now. So, <laughs> I want to roll. Issue nine of DC UK, yeah, from May 2000, had online gaming uncovered as its main tagline. So, online gaming uncovered, yeah. Which Dreamcast game featured on the cover of the magazine? Uh, which issue was that? Issue nine. May 2000. May 2000. Uh, I have some options if you need them. I will need them. Okay. So option A, 2-2 Rocket. Yeah. Option B, Quake 3 Arena. Yeah. Option C, Fantasy Star Online. I would say 2-2 Rocket. Why? Because that was the game that they really pushed the online side of things on the Dreamcast, wasn't it? It was kind of the whole you can. I mean, obviously Quake and stuff, but that was the one. It was like you know you can you can multiplayer this easily online. Well, yeah. Anyway, so I I can't 
I can't picture the cover in my head, but I'm guessing that as it was talking about online, playing online, it would be with Choo Choo Rocket. And that is my final answer. I was going to ask final answer. Okay. <laughs> so, Dean. Oh, no. Mm, the future, the online gaming uncovered. It wasn't Quake 3 Arena. It wasn't, no. Fantasy Star Online was a big, big game. Yes. It had, you know, it had online in the title. So, yeah. Um, the answer is Choo Choo Rocket. Good job. <laughs> well done. Two points. You're, you're a cruel man. <laughs> <laughs> you're cruel, I have been told man. that several, several times. Oh, yes. Gosh. <laughs> Good job. Seven points. Wow. Almost there. Okay. Almost there. Okay. Okay. So, it's time for our final song uh i'm I, it breaks my heart but the final song is in reverse <laughs> so <laughs> god what are you trying to do to me seriously okay so l- 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 give it a try yep. give it a try because it's it's i know you know this so let's let's stick a list okay. Any kind of idea, any kind of, I don't know, clue what this is? Um, could it be, um, I mean, this is, this is kind of a guess, uh, Virtual Cop. But that is, that, is, that is a little bit of a guess. Well, it's a, quite a lot of a guess, actually. But um <laughs> I don't know what it was. The, it's the first game that came into my head, so I'm just going with it. Okay. Apart from that, it's it's just like it could be any one of hundreds of different ones. But that's that's a yeah. That's... So I I I have a proposition for you. Okay. I deduct one point. Yeah. And play you the song, not in reverse. <laughs> but you can only get one point. No. Okay. I, I... So no two points available anymore. Or you go with Virtual Cop and tell me what it is. No, okay, I'll, I'll deduct a point and go for it in, in, in its correct. Yeah? Yeah. So let's take a listen to the proper song. Oh, no, that's going to really annoy me. I, I, I know you know this, um, I, yeah, and I can tell it yeah, in, your, no. in your face that you know this. I, I do recognize it, but I can't. <laughs> it's it's not virtual cop. I know that. It's. I don't think it's virtual. No, I don't, um, yes, I do know it, and I will kick myself. But I I can't. I don't think I can remember. I'm so sorry. No, go on. Give give us a guess. Oh, virtual cop. Anything. Virtual cop. Virtual cop. Yeah. Okay. It's not. But... So. Dean. <laughs> Virtua is correct. Uh, Virtua is correct, but it is not Virtua Cop. <laughs> it's Virtua Fighter Two. Yeah. Fighter Two. There we go. Yeah, and this is Black Cat Moon, which is the theme of Sarah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On the Saturn. So, unfortunately, <laughs> no points. Okay. So. 
the music the music aspect of this was was hard i i know good so yeah good question good good um news is there is no more music so we're done with music we have two questions left okay okay yeah question number nine and question number ten question number nine is the last one where when you can pick a, an easy question okay because ten is always hard yeah. so easy or hard you need three points so one easy and one hard could could yeah, mean yeah we'll, 10 points okay we'll with easy yeah yeah okay so okay which game was the cover of Saturn power number one Pandemonium. That that's one that's uh, one of my favorite, and it's Mark as well in the team. It's in one of his favorite covers. Uh, yes, definitely Pandemonium. What's my final answer? Issue one. Issue one of right? Saturn Power. Saturn Power is Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yeah. Okay. It is correct. Ooh. Good job. <laughs> one point. <laughs> well done. There we go. Well done. Um, I remember, uh, just as a quick aside, yeah. I remember when uh, Pandemonium came out, mm. I remember thinking it would be something that would, you know, be revolutionary and, and be talked about in years to come. And the thing is, whenever I, I see Pandemonium these days, I, I go, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Mm. It, was, it got, it got <clears throat> forgotten, I think, uh, yeah. as, as time went by. Right. It was a it was a good little game as well. It was it was it was there was nothing absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. Um, and it was quite a good conversion as well for the sound. It was it was it was pretty good. It's, yeah, it is yeah. it is weird. I mean, there's there's a whole load of games that you think, why did they, why did they just disappear? Yeah, because I I, <clears throat> I I saw it advertised everywhere, like TV shows and stuff uh, regarding you know talking about video games. There would be Pandemonium. Mm. Saturn meant Pandemonium at the time as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, 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 it's a shame. Yeah, it is definitely. Okay. Okay. And all of that leads us to our final question. Go on, yeah. <laughs> Which is a hard question. Okay. Uh, so two points for honor, for glory. <laughs> oh, Lord. Go on, then. I have so many. I'm going to pick one from the list. Make it an easy, hard one. An easy, hard one. Yeah. Maybe could be. I always like this one, but I'm not gonna do this because you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is the name? Let's go with this one. What is the name of the Japanese composer born in 1967? No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> you're, you're like, no. Oh my gosh, thank God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna go with this instead. Okay. Okay. So, concentrate, focus. Yeah. Okay, Dean. Yeah. I'm. I'm only is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Apologize. Okay. In the fantasy zone universe. Yeah. What is the name? Of Opa Opa's brother. Oh. Uh, I um, I would. It is not Opa Bro. Opa Bro. It's not Opa Bro. So, what would you call the brother of Opa Opa? 
no, I've got. I'm gonna have to. Say, I have played the game, but I, I'm gonna have to say, I'm afraid I don't know. Think about it. Think about it. You know, you have Opa Opa. Opa Opa has a brother, so obviously there is only one name that we can give Opa Opa's brother. <laughs> oh, you'll be su you'll be surprised. Uh, Let's give it a try. Oh God! It's. I'm going to give you a hint. It's. It's just like Opa Opa's name. It's repetitive in nature, so there's a repetition there. No, I, I, I literally, I literally don't know. <laughs> And I, 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 I'm really sorry. I have not got a clue. It's okay. It's okay. It's a long time ago. It's a long, long, long time ago. So, yes. the correct answer yeah. is yeah. Oopa Oopa. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to crucify for this by the team. Be like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't have guessed it, I think. So, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So, I have uh, um, uh, like a follow up to make up for this. Yeah. Give me that, and I will give you the extra two points. Okay. What what was the cover game for Sega Power number 73 from December 1993? So Sega Power, not Saturn Power. It was that game was labeled first Saturn review. December 93, I yeah. would say that would be Doom. Okay, I will give you three options. Okay, sorry. But it's okay. It's okay. It's A, Virtual Racing, B, Sega Rally Championship, oh. or C, Lens Talker 2. Oh, in that, case, uh, in that Is it Doom? No, that must be. It's not Doom. It's definitely not Doom. I didn't say Doom. I didn't say Doom. Um, <laughs> no one heard you. No. What? No. Um, in that case, it would probably be Virtual Racing. First Saturn review. Yeah. Virtual Racing. Yeah, we did have the exclusive on that because it wasn't done through Sega. It was done through, um, I think it's Time Warner, um, oddly. But it was, um, yeah, it's, it's a good game, actually. It's rather good, as I recall. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll say Virtual Racing. Dean. Yes. Dean Mordlock. Yes. Editor of it's Sega Power Magazine. Yes. You said Virtual Racing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it is oh, virtual racing. Thank you. That's, that's very kind of you to, to do that to save my humiliation. Thank you. And that means you get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval oh, that I will send to you. Thank you. Uh, over email uh, to keep as as a uh, you know proof of surviving survival on this terrifying. It's pretty terrifying. Um, yeah. Yeah, terrifying and, and excruciating Sega Lounge challenge. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're you're clear. You're <laughs> in the clear. You're done. I can relax. Good. Yes, you can relax. You can just have a sip of water or beer or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's it's fine. It's fine. Phew. Thank you. <sighs> okay. <sighs> I'm I'm tired and I'm not. Yeah. Clear. So. <laughs> God. So Dean, yeah. um, uh, thank you for for being a good sport. No, no, good. Before we go, yeah. Um. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Sega Power. So, yeah. obviously, with your ex all the experience you have under your belt with with working on 
magazines back in the 90s, working on, on publications, you know, more recently. What sort of tone are we are you guys aiming at for for Sega Powered? Because you know back in the day, um, you know even I, I I was talking about DC UK. Remember it fondly. That was that that like tongue in cheek uh, uh, approach humor. Mm. Is that what you're going for this time? Is it more, a more mature uh, magazine? Um, a little bit more, yeah. I mean, hopefully we, we <clears throat> excuse me. Hopefully we'll keep it fun. Um, Sega Power was known at various stages for being quite, quite hopefully a funny mag. I mean, it was, we didn't take it all too seriously. Um, but what obviously you have to bear in mind is that, as you understand, the audience has grown up with the format. So the people that were buying Sega Mags 25 years ago are now in their 40s. Um, so you, you have to adjust the tone accordingly. And also the audience that we're aiming at are a lot more hardcore they're hardcore gamers you know they're not they're not casual gamers like they used to be they're people that you know have been are still playing games on on Sega formats on a regular basis they know their stuff and they expect you to know your stuff as well otherwise there's no point in buying the mag um so we will be kind of we'll do some fun stuff but equally we'll we'll do some kind of more we'll make sure it's it's informative interesting it's gonna be quite packed there's a lot in there and the features will have a lot of elements to them. There's, there's lots you can dive and dip into, um, because as I said, you know, the, the people that are buying it, they 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 don't want to read stuff they already know, and they don't want to read kind of stuff that isn't of interest. They want to make sure it's interesting. So we're doing, um, we're going to do a lot of homebrew stuff. We're going to do a lot of independent stuff because there's obviously still a growing community in that, where new games are being released, and the new games are being released regularly. Um, as you know, there's, there's a, uh, the whole Sonic challenge has just been announced. So the, the kind of fan-made versions of the games and the levels and some of those are fantastic. So we'll be covering all that sort of stuff as well, just because I find it interesting. And I think other people will, if they're not into that whole scene, then I'm sure they get something out of it. So, so oh, yeah, nice. there's, there's a whole, we're co- trying to cover quite a lot in, in a single mag, but I think we've got, a, we've got it focused to now the point where, we kind of know the structure of the map now. It's just a case of finish filling all the pages. But yeah, it's, sorry, that's a very long answer to a very simple question. Um, <laughs> no, it isn't. Um, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> no, so yeah, the, the tone is. I mean, we're we're adults now, and and the, the people that are buying the mags are generally going to be adults. So we will we will talk to those adults. But have, you know, again, have a little bit of fun along the way. And if somebody says, but you, this is the thing, you always get somebody says, oh, it's too serious, or it's not fun enough, or it's too silly. You you never kind of you never make everyone happy. But as long as ninety or so percent are extremely happy, then I'm done my job well. Yeah, so, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> you can't win them all. So no. yeah, yeah. Know your demographic and and go for that. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so obviously, for people who were you know grew up in the UK and grew up in the nineties, they know a little bit of what to get. They know what to expect, yeah. what they'll get with with this, even though it's a a more a little bit more mature approach because yeah. we're older now. For people outside the UK, like myself, like many of our listeners, um, g- give us your best elevator pitch for Sega Powered. <laughs> what would you? How could you? You know, sum up what the the Sega Powered experience will be like for a, a reader. Well. Um... The elevator pitch I actually did was, uh, which won't be much use in this context, was imagine 
sacred power never closed, it just carried on and developed over the years. This is kind of what we're work, working for. But to somebody who has no idea of the format, um, it's literally, uh, it's a love letter. It's, it's a love letter to all the magazines from the past. It's looking at them because we all love them and just kind of trying to do something, a modern version of them. So we're not trying to make the magazine a retro magazine. It's a retro magazine, but it's also because there is such a thriving community and such, there's such a lot happening in the same community, we'll be, there'll be a mixture of the old stuff. We'll be looking back at the genres and everything else in the past, but equally we'll be covering the new stuff. So it's a real kind of, it's all things Saviour. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that, you know, the, literally the, the probably Saviour powered is all things Saviour. That's probably the shortest way I can do it. You know, we will be covering as much and from different time periods and different formats and different machines as possible. Okay. Okay. I think that sums it up. Excellent. So cool. good job. Good job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Have>, <laughs> so, uh, by the way, have you been keeping up with, um, you know, more recent Sega stuff? Because I know even for, for some of the hardcore, so-called hardcore fans, some people like stopped after the Dreamcast mm. or maybe just tried some of the games that came out for the PS2, yeah. Xbox, Uh, GameCube, but then maybe lost their interest because Sega changed a lot yeah. over the years. Maybe it's getting closer to what we expected from them back then, mm. now with, with more recent games, but um, from your perspective, perspective as a, a people who, you know, a person who worked on Sega Mags and stuff, have you keeping up, have you been keeping up with recent releases what do you think of the Sega of today um uh, to be honest I've kind of um I've been keeping an eye on Sega stuff obviously in, in in but I haven't kind of followed the independent side of things which is where the exciting stuff happened as much as um I probably could have or should have done um I knew about for example Intrepid Izzy which is obviously a new mm-hmm. uh, independent release. I knew about it. I knew it was out. I knew it was coming. I saw the Kickstarter and I, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't fund that. I didn't have to fund the Kickstarter, but equally I knew it was there. Um, and we've got a, we've had a copy, we've got a copy now in the office and I've had a chance to play it. And it's really great fun. I really like it. Um, but that was kind of the extent of it really. I, 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 I would get the, um, get the consoles out every now and again. I would, I would, I would bash at something old, but not really, kind of up to date with the new stuff if I'm being completely honest. The other team, the rest of the team have, other members of the team mm-hmm. have um, but I've been kind of, because I've, I've been very busy with doing other work things for a number of years and that's kind of kept me away from having as much time to devote to games as I would have liked. Obviously now it's a bit different, you know <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm playing catch up a little bit but um, I'm lucky enough, like I said, to have uh, three members of the team who, who have been kind of ingrained in the whole community for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. So. Could be an asset though. Yeah. Uh your your fret, fresh approach to these more recent games could be an asset in, in covering them and talking about them. Maybe absolutely yeah. Different perspective, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh what what kind of games, if any, have you been playing, you know, in, in recent times? Uh, um, have you is there anything that you know just Still, you, you really need to play that, like maybe some sort of AAA title or something? Well, on, on, on any format or just Sega format? Yeah, on if, any format, yeah. Um, I, I've, I'm a big fan of story games, so I love The Last of Us 2. Well, Last of Us 1 and Last mm-hmm. of Us 2. Um, 
big fan of those. I just finished Detroit. I went back and played that. Um, Resogun, the kind of shoot 'em up on on PS4, um, which is obviously one of the earlier titles. Um, I love a good shoot 'em up, and that, that's that's I think it's a really good one. Um, gosh, 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 gosh. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I was playing Glay Lancer last night. I was playing that on the PS4. I got the copy of that. Okay. Um, I bought a copy of that, so I thought, I'd, you know, just see what it looked like, and, and it doesn't look any different. It just looks like Glade Answer, just on a much bigger TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of, um, I, I love, I love, I love getting deep into a story and and um, and getting involved with that. If I'm not getting involved with something like that, then I'll be playing. Um, well, uh, funnily enough, I'm playing through Super Mario Galaxy One at the moment. Again, I got the Wii, I got my Wii out. And I found it in, this, in the mm-hmm. cellar, and I thought, I wonder if it still works. And, and it does, and there's Mary Galaxy. <laughs> so I've been, I've been playing that as well. Um, on the Mega Drive, I'm going through Streets of Rage 1 again. And Streets of Rage 4, sorry, I played through that. I like that. Okay. Um, and Sega Rally, we did that for the dummy issue in, in, on the Kickstarter. So that was really nice to go back and play that again. Um, because it was, what was really weird about playing, I mean, it, I've played a number of games over the years, but I haven't played Sega Rally for some reason. I haven't played Sega Rally for a good few years now. And just the first, after a couple of laps, I, I remembered exactly where all the sweet spots on on the corners and where you have to line that on the on the on the jumps to get to the right bit for the corner at the end, and and it all comes flooding back to you. And yeah, that was really good fun to do actually. But um, that's kind of yeah, pretty much it. I think. And it holds up, right? Absolutely, pretty well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just as playable as it ever was. I mean, the graphics mm-hmm. obviously don't compare to things like. Fours of four or fours of five, but equally that that doesn't really matter. It just it just yeah. plays beautifully. It's still a beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. game to play. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay, some good picks there. Yeah, excellent. So uh, you mentioned something. Sorry, sorry, you mentioned something important, which is the the dummy uh, issue. So yeah. like uh, issue zero that people can uh, sample, they can uh, take a look at yeah. on on the Kickstarter pitch. So people listening to this can go to the show notes and. And get a link for the the, the Kickstarter and check that out. Yeah. Um, and so that that actually gives us a, a, a feel of what Sega Powered will be come issue one, right? Yeah, in, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, already looking at that, I mean, there's things I, I would I would change even about that in even in a couple of weeks since we did that. But the idea was to kind of just put together a little digital sampler just so that people could say, okay, this is the kind of thing we're looking at. So we've got a feature, we've got mm-hmm. we've got a couple of features, um, we've got a feat another feature on structure of the magazine and what it's going to be like uh, we've got a re- one of our re-reviews on Sega Rally and so we'll be, we'll be doing normal reviews of new games um, but we're also doing what we call re-reviews which is taking a look at a game um, that you know some of us haven't played for a number of years and going okay well how does it compare now is it still fun to play because we've all got these games on our shelves but the thing is how often do we actually take them down and actually play them and it, which games should we do and which games because some games that were great 20 years ago, 25 years ago, they just haven't aged very well. Some games that didn't do necessarily very well at the time, on hindsight, you think, well, actually, no, this is quite good fun. This is, this is quite playable. Mm-hmm. So it's quite, it's quite, it's been quite fun getting old games out and playing them again um, and just kind of getting a sort of press perspective. So those are the, that's the idea of those. So there's one, Sega Rally's in there. I did that myself, obviously, because I couldn't let anyone else do that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so... That's that's kind of you know, there's a lot of copy in the um, document, the, the, the actual campaign about the sort of mag we want to do, um, mm-hmm. and we've also got the tiers, so we've got some interesting little perks for people that want to kind of 
um, by when I go up a little bit, we've got some original things we managed to find to, to, to offer as a package. So hopefully people will find something they like there. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Some some postcards, some some key rings, some badges, yeah. right? So there are a lot of uh, interesting, uh, you know, perks for people uh, planning to to support this. So as I said before, at this moment in time, um, and you know, close to where so we're recording this on a Wednesday. People will be listening to this on a Thursday, Friday. So two weeks to go. Yeah, less than two weeks. 279 backers uh and you know well over the 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 gold the funding goal so it's amazing congratulations by the way thank you i think that's actually, i think that's actually gone up too since we've been talking because i think it was 277 when i started talking to you so, so that's okay <laughs> so i actually let, let me refresh actually uh no it's yeah it is 279 so. Uh, so amazing amazing very good very good job here the the dummy issue looks awesome looks clean yeah. and and very appealing so hopefully people will will enjoy that as well and i can't wait to get mine as well brilliant so. thank you i will enjoy it <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully you can you can get you and maybe some of the other guys uh, on the show mm. at some other time to to discuss what what sega power maybe on the the first anniversary of the magazine or something, absolutely we'll have to arrange that. We'll have have to have a, like a, a, a quiz for the whole team. Wow, I can I can just keep quiet and let them answer them all. That'd be good. I like, exactly. I like the idea of that one a lot more. Yeah, I like that. Well, You're like, do that. I'm the boss. You answer. Yeah, yeah. Just let me. I'll just, yeah. I'll just nod, <laughs> nod my head. Yeah, yeah. That's that, yeah. that's what I would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dean, we have one last question for you. Yeah. So I always ask this of my of my guests. Okay. So are you familiar with blast processing? Um, yes. So yeah, um, that that marketing thing that that Sega came up with to to actually more Sega of America. They said that the Mega Drive or the Genesis had blast processing. Yes, and yes, it made it more yeah. you know more powerful. That's right. Uh, faster than the competition. So my question to you is: If let's say blast processing is real. Yeah. It's a real thing that makes things more powerful, faster, whatever. If you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Uh, my my brain, my brain. <laughs> so I could I could I could um, have the power to turn back time and answer your questions correctly. And and yeah, just and just <laughs> and just um, for those nights when I'm staying up till two or three in the morning, looking at spreadsheets and trying to work out figures and and everything else international postage yeah just to get my head around that <laughs> definitely my brain my brain could do a, little, a good dose of blast processing definitely couldn't we all we yeah, all, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I can relate i can relate <laughs> dean thank you very much no anything you'd like to add before we go um i just just oh in, in a kind of serious gushing way just um how overruled I am by the, the support we've had from the community because we were an unknown quantity. We just dropped on the market and said, we're doing this. And, and there's always that danger. You never quite know how it's all going to go down. But also, the, the, not just the, the support we've had through the Kickstarter, but also the messages I've seen on, messages I've had received through the Kickstarter or by email or looking on community groups and seeing what people have said. It's been so lovely to, to, to see that there is a, a genuine kind of interest in this and that people want to see it and they're kind of really excited about it. And that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all part of this community as much as everyone else. And we kind of want to do something that we genuinely want to do something that they really like. And, you know, if, if anyone's got any ideas, anybody got 
any feature ideas they've got or anything like that, and they, they want to be involved at all, then we really do encourage that because we want to feel that, you know, it's 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 a magazine for everyone in the sense that if you want to, if you want to, if you have an idea that you think will make it better, then let me know, you know. I might say, well, no, actually, no, but I might say, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> no, I mean, you yeah, know, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it'd, it'd be fantastic to hear from anyone if they want to get in touch. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Great. Very good. So, you guys... You heard it here. Yep. Just, just go pitch your uh, amazing feature ideas. Please <laughs> go flood Dean's <laughs> inbox with ideas now. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, I'd, I'd love that. I really would. And we've had some already. Mm. We've had people contact us with um, photos they've taken, videos they've uploaded, and said, "Look, this is something I, I did, or this is a photo I took of a Sega stand, and it was really interesting." We've had people saying, "I think you should do this and cover that," and I've said, "Okay, well, if you think we should cover it, then you seem to know a lot about it. Please go ahead, write it." And, mm-hmm. and, and Mm-hmm. which is exactly what you know i'd like to do with people to say yeah i think that's a great idea. i think that's a great idea you seem to know a lot about that subject then please yeah go off and write it for us and see you know and take it from there so i really like i said i want to you know it's, yeah. it's a community magazine because it is a it's very much a community so i want everyone to be involved in yeah the, the maybe one of the the biggest things with uh magazines when we were growing up was the the interactive aspect of it you could write mm. Uh, a letter or something, not an email, but yeah. a, a letter. Uh, maybe draw something, and that would be featured on on a, a separate section of the magazine. Yeah. And uh, kids would love that. So that interactive aspect of of a magazine, that community side of a magazine, mm-hmm. uh, I think is is really interesting. Adapting it, adapting it to uh, an, an older uh, audience yeah. and new times where you can just. Communicate yeah. more easily on social media or email. So exactly, yeah. Yeah. makes sense. Definitely. Makes sense. Okay. Dean, again, thank you very much for coming. It's been a, a blast to have you. Such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. All the best for Sega Powered. Thank you. Really can't wait. Um, and we'll talk soon. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> thank you. Take care. That's it for my chat with Dean Mortlock. Be sure to check out the Kickstarter for Sega Powered. As always, the link will be in the show notes. As for the Sega Lounge, we'll be back next week with more Sega Talk. Here's a brief taste of what's to come in the weeks ahead. We'll have an episode dedicated to Sonic Colors Ultimate, a special show to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Toe Jam & Earl, and David Warhol from Real Time Associates, creators of Bug on the Saturn, will be joining us very soon as well. This and much more is still to come in this season of the Sega Lounge, so be sure to stick around for more. Thank you very much for listening, enjoy yourself this week, stay safe, and I'll be back next time. Bye-bye! The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.
Mixed On Productions podcast.